How about this fucking team right here? Dustin Brown, short-handed for LA. Score! Here is Goligoski. He gets leveled at the blue line by Dowdy. Food for it, cheer for uh, Kind of like it. Richard throws it in front. Carter, score! some swagger. Push come to shove, we're going to get it done. This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Thanks Bud Podcast. It has been a very long time, but we have returned. I know you've missed us. I am still Chanel Berlin. And I'm Diane Fan. I think our summers have been pretty relaxed. It's been nice having time off from hockey, but at this point, I I miss it completely, and I'm ready for it to be back now. I am 100% ready. I've already been uh, going around to my local bars, kind of warning them, essentially, or gauging their uh, um, ability or want to like turn on hockey games for me, so I'm ready for it. Right. Let's get the season started. get ready started. for the triumphant return to boozing a lot. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so I guess before we actually talk about hockey stuff, because there is like a, a decent amount of Kings things to discuss before training camp and preseason happens. Um, first, let's talk about Thanks Bud stuff, because a few people have asked us here and there, like, when are you guys going to record again and stuff? Well, here's one, but we will not, um, or I guess we should say now we know for sure that we're going to start recording regularly every week after Frozen Fury, the same way we started the first season of this podcast. So that's when you can expect regular stuff. This is just sort of a preview preview kind of thing (laughs) (laughs) um also part of that we want to say like we're really excited to do more writing and stuff all season and we want to work with more kings fans who are ladies in particular so if you make graphics um we both have an interest in stats but we only know so much because neither of us are like math majors or anything so if you follow stats really closely talk to us if you just have like an idea for a guest post last year a friend of ours, um, Shayna, who also writes for Out Magazine, wrote a piece about Dustin Brown and Ben Scrivens, who was still on the team at the time. So if you have ideas, email us. Chirp at thanksbud.com is the email where you can reach us and um, let us know. We would like to d- talk ideas with you and hockey. We need more hockey friends who are ladies especially. Yes, we desperately need more hockey friends. I think we are already annoying all of our current ones. Yeah, they've put up with a lot, but it turns out for them that we are going to continue with this site and this podcast, so now we need to um, leave them alone more? I don't know. It's just not going to get easy for them, so I guess we have to find more friends who don't mind. So yeah, that's 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 the basics. That's where the housekeeping things. Not a whole lot of player moves or anything for the Kings. They kind of got things nailed down. Um, the I guess the biggest question for them at one point was signing Dwight King, but he got his extension. Um, So that's taken care of. Really, the only things we have to see now are what shakes out in training camp, when that starts in a couple weeks or next week, sometime soon. Um, One little bit of news, though, who is that's related to an ex-Kings player now, Colin Frazier signs a one-year, two-way deal with, of all teams, the St. Louis Blues. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, I think this is hilarious, both that, well, we were talking about it earlier, I love that it, his life now is just like, oh, I get two-way deals. I could be sent out yeah. to the AHL again. That's just <laughs> that's just the way my life goes now. I have won multiple Stanley Cups, but I am also on a two-way deal with the St. Louis Blues. <laughs> 
he was, you know, riding lightning for a while or riding coattails, I guess maybe would be more accurate in that he was never a star player, but he always managed to be a solid, I guess, energy guy on teams in the bottom six, including the Kings. One thing that I think people need to stop saying, though, I have a little pet peeve, no disrespect to Colin Frazier, but... People talk about how, you know, he has three Stanley Cup rings. He didn't do a damn thing in this last <laughs> Stanley Cup run. What does he get a ring for? I mean, that he's a smart guy then, you know, um, doing just enough to get onto these really great teams to then win um, yeah. a Stanley Cup ring. Or a Stanley Way Cup. to work the system. Meanwhile, um, Loxianov from 2012 is like, all right, okay, Colin Frazier apparently gets to possibly be on the cup for not doing a single thing in the playoffs. Jeff Schultz played two games and he gets to be on the cup, but Loxiana, no no love. No love for him. So it's, <laughs> I feel like the Kings organization just finds new ways to stick it to that guy all the time. Uh, but yeah, I find that weird. We know that uh, Colin Frazier's uh, Stanley Cup, you know, run, winning run is over because he now plays with St. Louis Blues. And I'm going to say it, I don't think they're going to win the cup. I know the season hasn't even started yet, but uh, I'm just going to go ahead and throw that out there. Yeah, they're a very solid team, but I, I mean, I liked the improvements that they tried to make for the most part. I didn't like them keeping Steve Ott and losing out on Saboka, but um, I still don't think even with the upgrades they made with like adding Paul Stastny, that guarantees them a cup. We will see. I don't know. Colin Frazier has been really good at finding the teams who are going to win it next, so... Maybe we'll be proved wrong, but that would be pretty funny, I guess, if it happened. It it would be, I don't know, sadly hilarious, you know? Yeah. With him gone, it, it doesn't raise the question, but it reminded me. So the Kings, they have enough players to fill out the team right now, but there's also the question of, like, they still have prospects who have been playing in Manchester and whatnot. And some people have said that a player like Andy Andrioff is already a lock to make the Kings this year, which I don't know. I don't, I'm not super impressed by Andy Andrioff, and I kind of think he's a little more, like, he seems like a fairly solid bottom six player, but to me, he's a little more indicative of, like, the kind of team that the Kings have been up until they acquired, like, Marion Gabrick. I feel like they've slowly been going through a transition in what kind of team they are, and I'm not necessarily convinced that Andrioff belongs in the lineup. But then they also still technically have Jordan Nolan in the lineup, and will he keep playing? I don't know. Like, what do you think – what do you think the Kings' bottom six will actually look like, at least to start this season? Um, I don't think we're really going to see any new people from Manchester. I mean – I guess maybe now is the time the Kings just won the cup. There's, you know, everything is going to, like, it's okay to kind of mess around with it, but I feel like they shouldn't. Um, Just because, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, I can see why, like, there's not a lot of pressure for them to, like, you know, come out guns blazing to, like, win another cup. So I can see why they might give someone like Andrew off a try during this time. But I think our, uh, the bottom six is going to look pretty much the same uh to start out the season i I, like i don't see why they should shake it up right now do you think it's more likely that someone like jordan nolan gets traded 
Um, and they bring maybe Andrea off in, or I mean, and they also have like Adam Cracknell technically is part of the system, and uh, that other guy Vandergulik. Like those people are around. I'm not convinced that they have a whole lot of reason to change the guys that they have in the lineup, but. I don't know, maybe. I but I think what I would like from the bottom six for the Kings is like more guys who can finish on the wings. And I'm not really convinced that any of the people they have sort of battling for those spots right now are any better than Kyle Clifford and Trevor Lewis. Oh, Trevor Lewis. This is why I'm glad hockey's back. We can talk about <laughs> Trevor Lewis again. Um, Will it take him like 50-something games to score? Hopefully not. I, I want him to score in the first game so everyone can be like, well, that's that. Like, yes. don't have to worry about that one. <laughs> yeah, I don't think... Hmm. I don't think that they're going to get traded. I think, honestly, it's just too soon to tell. I, like, keep trying to decide, like, how they're going to play things out. But, I mean, the thing is, we don't. We just don't know. Um, I am veering more towards the sides because they didn't make a whole lot of changes. I'm veering more towards... You know, everything's going to stay the same. Yeah, I could see that. Like, I don't think they're going to try actively to make roles for, like, Andrea or any of the other guys. If they need to, then, you know, maybe those guys will fit in. But I don't think there's going to be any um, active moves to make that so. That makes sense to me. Like, you know, if any of those guys, like, if somebody like Andy Andreoff shows up to training camp and just blows everything away, it's like, all right, maybe you can't have Jordan Nolan's spot. I don't know. But... Otherwise, I also feel like it'll be similar to what happened in the shortened season where it was like, you know, Dean Lombardi wants to give all of the guys who won the cup the opportunity to defend it or as many of them as possible. Um, Because, of course, like Willie Mitchell, as we talked about the last time we had a podcast, already gone. Uh, Yeah, so a lot of the same lineup is returning. What do you think, I guess, while we're talking about the lineup for the Kings, what do you do with Mike Richards? <laughs> he can't stay on the fourth line, right? Where is he going to be? How does the how do they, what lines maybe would you like to see, or what would you like to see from the Kings to start the season? Move Richards up right away, or wait? I don't know. Um, I'm kind of on the, uh, you can keep Mike Richards on the fourth line for a little bit. I know that's horribly <laughs> overpaid for a fourth liner, but... I mean, I liked what we had last season in terms of, you know, how Jeff Carter did or, like, the second line. I loved having, you know, Toffoli up there and all that. But, um, yeah, I, I kind of want things to stay the same to see if it still works. Yeah, I think, if anything, I would maybe switch Richards and Stoll um, and make Stoll the fourth liner. But I do, I would like to at least start the season with that 70s line that we all came to love still intact if only to see if it still works and to allow to Foley and Pearson who are you know being groomed to stay top six players continue that development in those positions um and then if it doesn't work you know you could always switch it around but I would yeah I would like to I would like for the Kings to come back with Jeff Carter at center still and Mike Richards maybe on the third line or fourth I don't really care but it seems like Dean Lombardi kind of wants or, or hinted at maybe the coaches and stuff trying to put Carter and Richards back together. I mean, maybe now that they've won the cup, they've found their magic again, and, uh, you know, maybe pairing them back together will create magic and sparks and a million goals, but somehow I feel like that's not going to be the case. Yeah, it's funny. Or I just remembered an article I read before the playoffs last season where they talked about how basically – in order to make 1077 work again, like Daryl Sutter need, needed time to really get like some couples counseling going. <laughs> where, 
and there was no time for it before the playoffs then. But maybe now, I guess. I mean, the beginning of the season, if you, I don't think you should do it to the point that it hurts your chances to win too much. But early in the season, I guess, seems like a better time to try that couple's counseling for 1077 if you really need to. I love that it's called couples counseling. I love that this <laughs> continues to be a thing. Like the whole Jeff Carter, Mike Richards thing. This will never <laughs> not be funny to me. Um, uh, but I guess we'll see if they get to reunite, if they can reconcile, so to speak. Reunited and it feels, oh my gosh, can they just go in a line again so that Mike Richards can tweet out hashtag reunited and it feels so good? <laughs> Yeah, just remind everybody of the his glory day, I guess, when he got to be reunited with Jeff Carter. Yeah, that would be fine. Mike Richards has so much to prove next season. It's really, he really <laughs> does. <laughs> uh, yeah, he has a lot of pressure. Uh, he's probably the Kings player with the most pressure going into the year. Uh, I think even more than guys who had like great seasons last year, Mike Richards is the one who has to really... Um, put up or ship out. I guess speaking of those guys who did have great seasons though, like the closer we get to the regular season and as training camps are sort of gearing up to really start, you're seeing a lot of articles where players are ranked as far as who's really strong, you know, fantasy drafts are happening soon for a lot of people. So you've got those lists and whatnot. So NHL.com has put together, well, they put together fantasy lists and who they just think, you know, the top players are in the league. And some Kings players got some love in those. So I figured we should, you know, look at those, including NHL.com. Probably the biggest one was the top 14 defensemen. Um, There were only four guys who write for the site that really voted on it. And still among those guys, Drew Doughty voted number one defenseman in the league right now uh, with two first place votes. And he had a great year. Last year is no denying it. You know, Stanley Cup, um, gold medal, and a key role in both of those things. So, yeah, it's I always forget how young he is, um, just because he's done so much in the time and like what he's been given that I forget that you know it's uh, there's still there's still so there's still so much like upswing with like his play. So I'm really excited to see. I don't know. Yeah, maybe with the second uh, cup and that gold medal, he's feeling good and he's going to ramp it up even more. Like, what does that even look like? Drew Doughty being even better. Well, it starts with the fact that hopefully he will not be at any point handcuffed to a slow skater like Robin Regeer. As you were starting that sentence, I was like, (laughs) I know exactly how this is going to end. I know exactly (laughs) where this one is going. Not to harp on Robin Regeer, no shade, really, just the same old shade, but I'm not going to focus on it. But, like, honestly, like, somebody who puts up numbers that are comparable to his in a lot of ways, particularly with possession, which Jake Muzzin did. He was the best possession um, defenseman in the league last year. So uh, if Jake Muzzin, who, by the way, got a vote on that, like, top defenseman thing from um, Corey Mazzak, who has covered the Kings quite a bit, so he is uh, very familiar with Western Conference players and, you know, a team like the Kings, so he, he threw Muzzin a, a little love there, and I think, you know, I've heard people, especially as they review sort of the analytics from last season, people are like, damn, Jake Muzzin did a great job, and if he can bring that again, it could be pretty good for both him and also um, Drew Doughty, especially if they both score a lot, because they, they didn't score a whole lot last season, but 
if those totals pick up and they maintain good on ice, like possession numbers and whatnot, could be real good. I feel like Jake Muzzin's going to have a great year. I don't know why. I don't know what, like, it is, but I feel like Jake Muzzin is going to blow it up next season. That would be amazing. So, yeah, like, ESPN ranked him 50th last year, which was funny at the time, and then he (laughs) blew everybody away. And... With that, you know, he got a vote from at least one person for top 14 defensemen, you know, in the league. Where do you, where would you rank Jake Muzzin realistically right now? In the league? Yeah. Of defensemen. defensemen. Maybe not out of all players, but of defensemen. Um, man, I don't know. He's, well, I mean, I guess he has done very well, but then, like we've been talking about, he's been paired with an amazing partner um sometimes i think about that with uh duncan keith and um brent seabrook yeah like seabrook plays with keith all the time and that obviously makes him look amazing um not that he isn't great or whatever but i don't know i like want to say like i like 25 or something like that but i have no idea yeah i think uh for more reference on that ESPN ranking list for last season, they ranked Slava Voinov in the 20s, I believe. And then also they ranked Jack Johnson tied at number 33. So I think Jake Muzzin is better than Jack Johnson. In so many ways. And I think depending on what he does this season, it's arguable that him and Slava Voinov could be comparable. So I would put him in the top 30. I would. Yeah, sure. I don't know exactly where, but yeah, 30. I'll say 25-ish. That range, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, feeling bold, Jake Muzzin, so don't let us down. I mean, I was, I said that I think Muzzin's going to have a great year. Do I 100% think yeah. that there's going to be 80 million times that I'm going to be like, damn it, Muzzin? Absolutely. <laughs> like, that's not going to go away, but... But in the end, it will have still have been pretty good. Yeah. Speaking of Voinov, too, he had, he was someone, like, again, like, he was ranked 20, I think, like, 22, maybe, on that list, so... Heading into last season, he had come off a great year with Kings, including setting that franchise record for, like, goals scored by a defenseman in a playoff run. And he's someone who has had a lot of buzz around him and who did some things still, like, very well last season, but didn't score as much and didn't make as much noise and, like, headlines and whatnot. whatnot. So, I guess, two-part question, what do you think happens to Jake Muzzin if he doesn't have as strong a year this season? Also... Do you think Slava Voinov will bounce back, and will he go back to being somebody else who gets a lot of the attention that he had started to get a couple years ago? Um, I think he's going to bounce back. Uh, he He's still, you know, trying to find his footing and figure out what kind of skater he is, and, you know, they've been bouncing him around uh, between partners and things like that, so I think it was just like a down year. I think he'll come back and he'll be, you know, what we thought, or what we thought he was going to be this year. Um, or his potential. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's going to be another like that down season or anything like that, or that he's not going to improve. So I have high hopes for for Slava Voinov. Yeah, it was kind of a weird season for him because he wasn't absolutely terrible, right. but he also ha- didn't really make any strides. Um, and then sometimes he was pretty bad, but he also <laughs> like was someone who had his partner changed a lot. Um, wasn't with the same person super consistently, uh, not for very long stretches anyway. He It was mostly like the same couple of guys, but it kind of switched up um, depending on injury or whatnot. So I hope, I mean, again, like that's something that we've talked about is uh, Brayton McNabb coming into the Kings lineup and hopefully they gel really well and Slava will 
bounce back and sort of be the guy that we had grown accustomed to seeing. Um, and yeah, because I, I want him to do really well. Like it, it's exciting to think that we could have three really, really, really great, like top of the league defensemen in the Kings core. And then possibly if Braden McNabb pans out the way that they want him to, like a very amazing top four. Like right now, it's pretty good. That's all I can. That's all I hope for. I'm like thinking about it now. There's all these yeah. people that you know, random people that the Kings have signed or acquired or things like that. But nothing super new has happened, or nothing yeah. big has changed. And so we're both kind of just like, nah. Well, we'll see. Like it's probably going to be fine. But you know, whatever. We'll see what happens, and then they'll switch things around. Whereas other people are just like, my team has fallen apart, or you know, like we don't <laughs> have anyone anymore. Like 80 new players. So it's kind of interesting yeah. to go into this season very like very relaxed you know the kings won the cup yeah nothing's really changed yeah all right let's bring it on almost like looking down from the top (laughs) is easy (laughs) so pretty i'm feeling pretty chill like everything i'm like well it could go this way or it could be this either way i'm chilling either way it's probably gonna be just fine Yeah. So yeah, which is like for me, it's like, all right, well, let's just talk about some of the hypotheticals. Like things are good. What if they were great? (laughs) Uh, And I mean, some people think the Kings are already great. I mean, they've obviously they've won a lot the last few seasons and yeah, everybody's sort of chasing the Kings in that way and seeing if they could compare. One of the things in terms of like players who are getting a lot of attention because of course Dowdy has gotten some, Muzzin is getting some, a huge one that a lot of us were excited about was Andre Kopitar. It's having like a second sort of coming out party because people were like, oh, Kopitar's pretty good back in 2012. And it's like they forgot. <laughs> and then last season happens. It was like, oh, no, wait, he's really good. Wait, maybe he's even one of the top three centers in the league. I wonder how like that conversation of like, who is the number one center will continue to evolve because it seems as of right now still to be um, back and forth, I should say, between Sidney Crosby, Jonathan Davis, and Andre Kopitar. Um, I think it's kind of, it's going to be great. Uh, and I definitely think there's, that there's going to be a lot of focus on Kopitar this year. I mean, we always complain that people don't pay enough attention to the West sometimes. And it's like, hey, look over here. We've got great players. You should probably cover them more or pay attention to uh, them a little bit more. And now with the Kings winning another cup and Andre Kopitar doing well, I feel like it can't it can't be denied. So I think he's going to get a lot more focus pointed towards him. And I I'm pretty I think he's going to deliver. You know I think he could have another um, phenomenal year, and it won't go unnoticed this time. It has been interesting over the summer. Like I've listened to a lot of other podcasts and read other people's blogs and whatnot to see where people place him in the conversation now. Um, some top people, or I guess more popular sites and blogs, like Adam Gretz, a popular hockey writer, did a top 50 NHL players, like period, combination of forwards, defensemen, etc. And Drew Doughty, I believe, was in the top 10, or was number 10, or I don't know, some, somewhere around there. And he listed Kobitar as number two. And so again, like that's not just forward or not just you know at center but like in the league number two Sidney Crosby was number one Kobitar was number two and Jonathan Taves was number three which is amazing for someone who for a lot of people it didn't seem like he was on their radar at least not consistently to now be a guy that's like oh yeah Andre Kopitar second best player yeah it's league. a given After I feel Crosby. like now it's it's gonna be a given when talking about things like that 
that his name will be, that his name will come up. And I was listening to um, another podcast. It might have been uh, Merrick Wyshynski. Um, they were interviewing a Panthers his, the play-by-play guy, so I forget, I'm sorry, interviewing somebody who worked with the Panthers organization, and they were talking about building their team and, like, their number one center and um, who they had down the middle or whatever, and it was like, yeah, it used to be that we didn't have players who could go up against, like, really great players like Andre Kopitar, and that was, like, his first example. So it w- it's cool to hear Kopitar be the first thought on people's minds, um, or, or at least the second, and... Um, even again, like NHL.com, when they talked about the top centers, because it's like a couple years ago, it was like, oh, goalies are so important to teams. And now it's like, oh, you have to have a strong, like, two way center up front. Um, they ranked Kopitar third, um, Sidney Crosby, Jonathan Taze, Andre Kopitar. And again, like, so it's, it's good. He's just like sort of everywhere and on people's minds. And I hope he does deliver this year. I'm excited to see it. Yeah, me too. We have a lot of excitement for everyone to, like, prove now that – not that, obviously, eyes weren't on the Kings before, but they've won another cup. Obviously, they're going to get more focus, so I want the Kings to once again blow it up and for it to not be like, oh, well – I mean, obviously, it wasn't like an accident that they won. It was extremely hard fought, but it, it's kind of nice – it would be kind of nice if this season they just were like, oh, yeah, we're the best for a reason. And we're still rad as shit. Which I wonder what that'll take. Like, will it be, like, if they have another good playoff run? Or, like, are we at the point where they do actually need to perform? I mean, I mean, I don't want to discount the fact they had a 100-point regular season. That's pretty good, despite all of the struggles that they had. But still, are we at the point where we do need to see the Kings perform better in the regular season for them, for people to think that, oh, yeah, this is just, like, a solid team up and down and they deliver all the time? Or could they have another season where it's like, eh, they're okay in the regular season? I mean, they're still a top 10 team, but they're not like crazy elite from start to finish. Or I don't know, like what are the expectations for the Kings, for people, do you think? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I I mean, me personally, I don't think that they need to have a... I am now of the mindset that they're not going to have a solid season. Not not like they're not going to win a bunch of games, but, you know, there are going to be stretches where they lose five games in a row, and I will be crying. Um, or, like, I don't need them to win, you know, the division champion or anything like that. Um, I'm cool with them doing solid in the playoffs. Like, that's, that for me would, like, prove, like, oh, they're still good. But I don't know for other people. Maybe they want to see more consistency uh, in terms of, you know having good games I guess because their last season was very up and down yeah it's it's very strange because I think for as much as people do look at the Kings and they're like that's a strong team there is sort of I have, I've had or I've heard just as many conversations or seen as many posts where it's like oh but let's not discount the fact that like in the Western Conference final a, had Chicago scored the goal it would have been a different story it's it's like this weird like back and forth where it's like the Kings excellent team should be copied here's what they're doing right but then also like but are they kind of thing and i just do wonder what it'll take for it to be like no this is a team that will deliver i mean i think that obviously i can't really deny the runs that they've made in the postseason but i also think like that weird up and down sort of regular season reputation they've built has has sort of 
left left them in this weird place where it's like they don't always quite get talked about as like that's just an elite team the way the Blackhawks do um, because of the fact that it's like, well, they are really good in these ways. Like they are a great possession team, but for some reason they don't score goals. <laughs> also, their goalie is sometimes really good and sometimes really bad. So... Yeah, I guess I didn't really think about that, how you – when people talk about, like, an elite team, they say it with, like, conviction. The Blackhawks are an elite team. And with the Kings, it's always kind of like, well, yeah, I guess the Kings are an elite team. I mean, they've won the Cup twice, so they must be elite. They've got great players, but there's always a weird, I don't know, maybe this is us being um, paranoid Kings fans, but it, it always seems like there's, like, a, a weird asterisk um, about being like, yeah, they're a great team, but, you know... They don't score a ton of goals, but it's like, well, they also won the cup, so I guess it's probably okay. Um, right, so something's working. I don't know. Yeah, that's weird. I mean, yeah, maybe some of it is, like, paranoia, <laughs> but I feel like it's also sort of goes hand-in-hand hand with, like, with the exception now, again, of, like, Drew Doughty and Andre Kopitar especially getting more recognition. It's also, they're not, like, you see lists and they're, like, the one and two, like, oh, yeah, they, they have this elite score all the time or whatever they're kind of a team where especially in this last playoff run what was kind of like everybody does their part and that's what helps them win they feel like a pretty complete team but not necessarily a team full of superstars um and even that's kind of debatable because again jeff carter had a fucking amazing season last year and now they've got marion gabrick who's still proved that he's one of the most consistent goal scorers around when he's healthy um who actually i think was on one of the rankings list as like i don't forget what number 10th or something um in in uh right wings in the league right now so there's that um but yeah it's 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 just interesting the way they're talked about it is sort of like an asterisk thing that happens sometimes when people talk about the kings and i just kind of wonder like what what will it take to erase that asterisk how about the kings win another cup that sounds cool (laughs) yeah maybe that'll do it i don't know let's try um i guess while we're on player rankings because i just thought about this with the center thing in particular it seems like it's a very tight race because even though right now the conversation is like Crosby, Tays, Kopitar, a lot because of like those were the players who performed really well and were nominated or were finalists for the Selkie. Um, but there's still guys like Bergeron had a great season. Tyler Sagan, now that he's moved back to center, had a great season. Evgeny Malkin, super consistent, but unfortunately plays behind Sidney Crosby, so does not always get as much attention. Are there other guys I th- that you think like could compete for that? like top spot or I don't know like are are you on the lookout for any other players I guess see I'm not really on the lookout for any players like rankings like this are they're very it's fascinating to me it's very interesting I like them but it's kind of also at the end of the day it's a team sport and one player isn't gonna make because I mean yes they're an amazing player if they're number one that's obviously a great accomplishment but obviously for this particular sport the Stanley Cup is is the thing That's kind of your metric. And so um, I don't necessarily look out for someone else to, you know, be in that top 10 of centers list because it's like, okay, well, great, you're good at playing by yourself, but what else? I I would agree. I don't put, I don't care too much about it. Like, it's, it's, it's like, it's nice when you see those recognitions, but also I guess I wouldn't be 
I wouldn't be too bummed if people were suddenly like, well, you know, Andre Kopitar is the fourth best <laughs> in the league. It's like, I, that, that's still pretty good, I guess. Yeah, because at the cool. end of the day, it's like, well, okay, you ranked him 25th in your list, but he also, you know, scored the game-winning goal and won, like, this thing. It's like, well, okay, yeah. then I guess it doesn't really Does matter. Does he have another Stanley Cup ringing? It's yeah. fine. <laughs> but big question then, still sort of on that topic. Ajay Kopitar, is he getting paid more than $10 million very soon? Ooh, I don't know. Probably. Yeah. That took, <laughs> that took me like half a second. Money. I was like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, he's probably going to get paid <laughs> real well. We're going to back up that truck yep. for Ajay yep. Kopitar. Dump money at his feet and then you know, tie him <laughs> to California for many years. Like, actually, I will be driving that truck, and you and I will have put together <laughs> just a, like, a, you know, truck full of, like, a dump truck full of money, but also rose petals mixed yes. in, and they just fall at his feet. And love letters that we have written. <laughs> yeah. Please stay forever. Don't leave us. We'll take such good care of you. And then we dump rose petals yeah. on his feet. Perfect. So if the King's organization just wants to call and set that up, so we make sure we're prepared, you know, get those rose petals all ready, we're there. We're so in for it. How awesome would that be to, like, deliver, like, a contract or something like that with, with like, a ton of rose petals? Just be like, hey, the Kings want to, you know, extend this offer to you. And it's, like, a sheet of paper with all of the, you know, the nitty-gritty on it, but also, like, a bouquet of roses. And like a nice box of chocolate. That's exactly. That's so how I would deliver it to uh, especially someone like Kopitar because I think he's delightful. Or it's like, you know, D. Lombardi asks him to like go to dinner or something like that. And like in the middle of the dinner, he like pulls out a nice like wooden box with the contract in it. Some roses, <laughs> you know, chocolate. Hey, we really like you. Stay a while. <laughs> the band turns and be plays our, be, our, yeah, be our forever center. <laughs> We love you. <laughs> we liked it, so we would like to put a few more rings on it if you would just stay. Exactly. <laughs> I did. Yes. I did not expect for this podcast to veer towards uh, love songs to Anja Kopitar, but again, it has. It has happened. That's um, my life. So <laughs> I'll just you know release my full album at the end of this season, probably. Um, Ode to Kopitar. Anyway. So we both think, I do think that Kopitar will have another good season. I, he's been pretty consistent his whole career. And I look forward to that. And I look forward to the fact that we have had a summer of stats. And so we lost resources like Extra Skater. But new sites I want to make sure everybody has heard about because they are recently announced. Stat sites. ProgressiveHockey.com. WarOnIce.com. This is essential to me because I need to still be able to brag to people about how great a possession player Andre Kopitar is. Yeah. And those things exist now. It's been like a crazy summer of folks getting hired by NHL teams. It's been kind of hilarious following that. It's like, well, this site is down. This person's gone. What's happened? Um, like, which team has uh, scooped them up? So that's been... It's going to be really fascinating to see how that plays out Um like, with the team. It's interesting. Well, it was, like you said, hilarious because we assume, you know, it's all, we assume it's for good things, but it's like suddenly they've gone, like, beyond the veil. <laughs> I don't, I can never <laughs> see where these people are ever again. Uh, but I was worried, like, with losing a site like Extra Skater and some of the people, who, I mean, like, 
Tyler Dello is a controversial guy because he's sort of hard to take as a person on Twitter, but as a, someone who does analytics, like his analysis was always very fascinating. So it's unfortunate, I, I think, to see those minds like leave public spaces because they're really interesting. But now it's like, well, we own you. So <laughs> you can't share that information with anybody anymore. Um, and I was bummed out. Um, and I'm glad that the hockey community seems to have jumped on it pretty quickly to um, add these new resources, which also seem to possibly expand on the things that we had before, like both progressive hockey and war on ice very prominently already feature sort of expanded like goalie stats. And I was like geeking out to you the other day about a couple of things that I was noticing on there. Yeah. All of a sudden my phone just starts like dinging off like a series of messages and it's all about goalie stats. <laughs> yeah. Right. I learned some cool things that, I mean, I've seen people talked about, but it hadn't really seen the numbers for myself. Um, like the fact, or confirmed, like things that I also sort of known and suspected with like Jonathan Quick last year, who everybody was like, oh yeah, his overall save percentage average, but he's he had a great even strength save percentage. And and like with those stats, you could clearly see that, of course, the thing that had brought it down was the fact that the Kings took a lot of penalties and also Jonathan Quick, not very good on the penalty kill. Pretty bad, in <laughs> fact, on the penalty kill last season. Um, and that also he struggled a lot with giving up a, higher, a pretty high percentage of rebounds, but had a pretty average um, save percentage on... Uh, rebound attempts. So it's like, well, if you're giving up a lot of rebounds and you're only okay at saving them, that seems like a problem. Um, but at the same time, was apparently really good off saving um, shots off the rush. So who knew? I do now, thanks to those sites. I mean, not to turn this into an ad, but it's fucking dumb. <laughs> this is an ad. We like your site. <laughs> yeah. um, Go check them out. But kind of bouncing back to like the loss of people the dis the mysterious disappearance of uh hockey bloggers um it's kind of a bummer too just because you don't have that sort of like discourse with them um like not only did they create great articles but you know everyone's on twitter everyone just talks and has all these like random conversations and as someone who's not that solid on you know, like, there are analytics that I don't understand, or I'm not sure how, you know, you would read this and, like, how you would apply it to certain players or whatever. Um, so it was, it was always good to be able to, like, ask questions and talk and, you know, explain. And uh, that's going to be that sort of discussion um, with, like, more prominent members, I suppose, of the stats community yeah. is uh, kind of a bummer to lose, for sure. Yeah, and I also, it was, like, weird because as that was happening, it was like a lot of people being like, oh, shit, like if I do really well and have like great content, maybe I'll get hired by an NHL team. And like it sort of became this joke, right? Like, oh, if you have a really great site, you get hired by the team of choice. And I also kind of realized, you know what? I don't really want that to happen. <laughs> I don't think everybody needs to get hired by an NHL team because I actually like having all of these public voices being very critical of the league and of different teams and whatnot. I think it obviously like with this shift towards stats eventually can make teams and the league better. So I hope that doesn't happen. And I'm glad that people seem to like in the absence of these other folks who were prominent are stepping up now and sort of taking the opportunity to be like, all right, let me try this thing. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny how the hockey or the hockey Twitter community has shifted very rapidly over the summer. So while so while our while the Kings haven't made a ton of changes, um, not a lot of shakeups there. We're uh, dealing with the fallout of the loss of certain members of the stats community. Right, right. But but hopefully on to even cooler things. 
And oh, to bring it back to the Kings for a little bit, actually, um, Jonathan Willis posted this article for Bleacher Report on the Kings because Dean Lombardi, very early on in his time as the GM for the Los Angeles Kings, has said that he was looking into analytics and how they could work for the team and whatnot. And it has clearly, over the this you know these last several years, um, slowly paid off for them. Now people talk about constantly how great they are in um, as an analytics team and sort of as an example of how analytics really work. But also they are a team who, interestingly, and I think this is sort of like the next phase of the whole debate, but like they're a team who has at times very blatantly ignored what um, analytics might say or what advanced stats might say, I should more specifically. So I find it interesting to see, A, how, like, what will a team like the Kings do now that teams like the Oilers or the Maple Leafs are trying to turn their eye more more towards analytics? Like, will it just, you know, make parody an even bigger thing in the NHL once everybody is like, all right, I guess we should all get on this bandwagon? It's going to be interesting to see how teams react to this. So, like, they've hired the people, but will they actually make any particular moves or any particular adjustments based on those numbers. You know, like how how much are they going to trust it? To what extent are they going to apply it to their actual game? That'll be interesting to see um, how they, yeah, how they apply it mm-hmm. to the everyday. For me, because I very actively, I guess, consider myself someone who is kind of Again, like I, I have a real respect for advanced stats and like paying attention to them and learning about them. But also, I am someone who likes story, the storytelling part about sports. So, and do actually find some value in things like you know when you talk about character. I mean, they're kind of the bullshit ways to talk about character. Like, I don't think having a fighter on a team makes a team better. But I do think like with the Kings, and this was sort of touched on in Willis's article and has been touched on by various people and like the decision to keep someone like Matt Green or the decision to keep Mike Richards even after his season and looking at the way that the uh, salary cap is structured and whatnot is that idea of like giving guys another chance or keeping them around because Dean Lombardi wants to have faith in them and I think it'll be interesting to sort of see how it balances out there with like how much loyalty and emotion, I guess, is sort of involved in decision-making versus um, stats and analysis and how do they inform each other and, I don't know, what wins out. Because at the same time, I think you can't discount, like with the Kings, for example, I don't think you can discount the fact that all of these guys are very happy playing for this organization, not just in Los Angeles, but for this organization. Um, You know, with the fact that we talked about, like, oh, like none of them, when they re-up – want no movement clauses or no trade clauses there's a lot of trust there and i think that you can't count that out either um so i just wonder what that push pull will look like as time continues when it's like all right but the numbers say this thing but it's like but also this is a pretty good dude (laughs) so (laughs) maybe we'll keep him (laughs) time will tell this is why we need hockey season to start it'll be interesting then i guess to see is mike richards booted early in the season <laughs> if he makes it through to the end mike richards mike richards watch like all the time right for sure we'll have to maybe that's um an ongoing thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> mike, Richard, mike richards watch um also like oh I, I, not that this is a huge point but like the expansion news like how many times will we get to threaten mike richards with leaving him exposed <laughs> you better play better or you're going to vegas or you're not being protected, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're going to have to play with a bunch of randos from other teams. 
So good luck. That's a good thing to have, like, looming. Right, yeah. In the back pocket, just when you need to pull it out. You better do well, otherwise we'll take you away from your beach home and put you in Seattle. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rainy days for you. All the time. Yep. All the time. You earned it. Oh, Oh, teams in Seattle and Vegas. Um, I guess we've been talking a while, so we might as well head towards the wrapping of it, wrapping up of this by saying, again, this year we're going to be at Frozen Fury. So if you're going to be there and you see us, say hi. We like to interact with people. It's good. Also, it's an exciting time being in Vegas for Frozen Fury. So um, this time we're going to try to come back and record a podcast and not be hungover. Fingers crossed, friends. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Not sure how well that's going to go, Maybe but uh, we'll try. <laughs> we'll give it a solid effort. Um, anything else you want to say, I guess, before we go? Uh, no, but I just want to say everyone definitely reiterate. Everyone should say hi to us yes. at Frozen Fury. Say hi. Highs and high fives. Important. Yes. We're nice people. We're cool people. Um, I'm an excellent high-fiver. Yes. Again, to remind you, um, especially ladies, dudes are free to email us as well, but ladies especially, women, we want you to work with us if you are interested. Ladies, women, come to us. Be our friend. Please, come gather. Chirp at ThanksBud is the email, or as usual, you can find us both on Twitter, um, at ThanksBud is the combined Twitter, or individually, I am at Chanel Berlin. And I'm at AKA Diane Fan. So that's where to reach us. Take care of yourselves. We will talk to you again in, what, four weeks or so? And uh, other than that, you know, keep yourselves alive and uh, have fun with the end of your summer. Hockey's almost back. Don't worry. See y'all. Bye. I'm excited for hockey.